0: Hello everyone, and good morning to another edition of a live stream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. We appreciate you being here this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines. We're going to allow people to get settled in and get started. Grab a cup of coffee wherever you are. Uh, we're going to listen to Vincent Bohannon. Any day now, it says uh, music from his official video. So here he comes. And thanks so much for being here this morning. God bless you. Amen Anitra, good morning. thanks so much for joining us this morning. Appreciate you being here. My lovely bride, good morning.
1: Ronnie, good morning.
0: Thanks for being here today. Brother Roscoe, good morning. Glad you could join us. It's almost time for Sunday school. Time. Oh my God. Right time, yes. right
1: time.
0: Amen. Hey, Jackie, good morning. Amen.
1: Long time.
0: <laughs> Everybody knows you're behind the scenes. I know. It's all good. Double fisted cup. I can only get one cup today. It's okay. We appreciate you being here. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for taking time out to come and be, stop by and be with us for Sunday school. Amen. Good lesson today, too, coming up. As always with our Sunday school classes, they do require some introspection as well when we read what Scripture has to say, reflecting upon what God's Word says for us. Looking forward to getting into it. we're officially in fall now, aren't we? That was yesterday. Yeah. Today's the second day of fall. <laughs> Autumn. And based upon the number of people online right now, that's probably true because it's people are still waking up. Yeah. A little bit more of a chill in the air in the morning. Stretch out those cobwebs or knock out those cobwebs. Thanks for joining us. coasting it. It's good to see you. 6.30 in the morning there. Yes, indeed. 6.30 a.m. in California. Appreciate you being here. For her, the day is just starting. Same for us too, but a little bit different. Three hours is three hours. That's right. Hey Bev, good morning. Appreciate you being here. about 40 people there.
1: Amen. 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 Amen.
0: Alright, we've got uh, that was the uh, Vincent Bohannon and his choir orchestra Any Day Now was the uh, name of the song and that uh, Again, we thank the uh, the praise team, Arlen, for putting together our music in the morning to help us get started and get into the mood of uh, hearing God speak to us as we praise and worship at the same time, frankly, and that's what we're doing. We appreciate you uh, being here and appreciate you taking the time to stop here with us. Now, for those of you who are not uh, in Akron and not coming to church, I'm not sure if we're going to have a live video because we have international workers in today for uh, the uh, message today. So for that reason, we may not be broadcasting the entire message or the entire um, church service live. We probably probably won't be doing it at all. So just giving you that as a heads up. If you're in Akron, we encourage you to come on in and uh, join us. It'll be a good time. Uh, The speaker who we have today, I won't mention his name right now, but all I can tell you is that he's he's pretty terrific. Uh, So he's well worth the time for you to come on in and see him and and hear what he has to say. Uh, He uh, and his wife are serving in Europe and uh, in Berlin, and we would appreciate you giving uh, consideration for that as well. Um, Because it's all about, frankly, what the Christian Missionary Alliance is all about is that we are uh, going into all the world and preaching the gospel. And when we mean all the world, we really do mean the entire world. So uh, just keep that in mind as we look at that. But that is uh, going to be uh, after 11 o'clock. Our service starts at 1045. So we won't have anything online today for the broadcast, just making you aware of that. But we appreciate your prayers nonetheless, because we uh, still want to pray for success for all of those who serve in the alliance that are going into all the world and sharing the good news. That's what it's all about, sharing the goodness of God, sharing that he, in fact, did uh, through Jesus Christ, went to the cross for us for the purposes of our salvation. That's why he did what he did. And the other thing I want to mention is that we want to remember our tithes and offerings. Uh, We certainly appreciate the aspect of giving, Uh, Worship through giving. Uh, Please pray about your giving, which you should always be doing. Um, And if you are mailing your tithes or offerings to us, please do so to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road in Akron, Ohio. And that's 44320. That's the zip code. So we appreciate giving prayerful consideration to your giving. Um, Give what you can. And make sure that you're still taking care of your responsibilities at home as well, too. And just keep in mind that uh, really it's one of those things where we we, I don't know if people wrestle with this or not. It's like when we say the Lord uh, does not need our money. Of course he doesn't. He doesn't need it, but we do. (laughs) Our church still needs it to be able to function and to be able to serve in the manner that we have. And we appreciate you giving it that consideration. So we don't make excuses. We just pray about it and we give as we can. We thank you again for being here this morning. Uh, We are going to be in the study of John. We're continuing in the study of John. Oh, I did want to mention one other thing. I apologize for that. Um, We do have a Zoom Bible study scheduled for this afternoon at 5 o'clock. For those who um, want to participate in our Zoom Bible study, we will be on at 5 o'clock. We have a hard stop at 6 o'clock, but we will be on at 5 o'clock. So just as a reminder. If you want to participate in our Zoom Bible study, it's the fourth Sunday of every month. And what we ask you to do is if you want an invitation uh, to the meeting, you can send your email address to akronalliance at gmail.com. Alliance is all one word, at gmail.com. If we don't have your email address on file and you want to participate, that's how we send you the invitation. You must have Zoom, the program Zoom, downloaded to your device already. You don't need to log in or do anything special. Just have it downloaded to your device, or if you're using a computer, just have access to the Zoom uh, app on your computer as well, too. Um, you'll find that the time we spend online is very beneficial. It's great. You don't have to be on camera either, by by the way, uh, just so you know. We appreciate you participating nonetheless And just keep that in mind. That is later today at 5 o'clock. Okay, now we can get into the message of Sunday School. We're in John chapter 17. We're going to cover verses 1 through 10. I want you to think uh, very carefully about the importance of what Jesus is going to be sharing with us. Of course, if you're familiar with Scripture, you know that in John chapter 17, Jesus is pretty much using the entire chapter to do prayer. This is his prayer time that he's giving. We're going to be focusing specifically on the prayers where he prays for himself and he also prays for his disciples. And we're taking it in little chunks because uh, there's so much material here that you really just don't want to rush through it, I'll be honest with you. It's not worth rushing through anything like this and just understanding what the prayers are all about. But I want you to consider the importance of prayer in general as we go through this study. And I'll I'll expound upon that um, as we get uh, into the actual reading of the scripture and going back over it. We do want to pray uh, at this time now before we get started. I'm going to mention Brother Larry who's one of our elders. We're going to pray for him as well too. And I want you to also make a note to pray for him after we're done praying. Um, He has uh, had successful surgery. He is recovering at home, uh, but he needs our prayers. He needs us to lift him up to the Lord and uh, remember him before the Lord. And the fact that a prayer request is being made, that shows you that there's really very little that we can do as individuals, but we can pray and learn how to pray more and more and get better and better at it. That's the one thing that God wants us to do. So let's um, definitely go ahead and get started. We appreciate you being here. And let's look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your presence this morning. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the ability now to sit before you and hear you speak to us through the words, through the Bible, through the words in the Bible, through um, the words you speak to us through the power of the Spirit for the reminders of who you are and what you mean to us in our lives, we thank you, Lord, for your presence and we thank you for the teaching that comes from it. Lord, we lift up to you, brother Larry, right now that you indeed will reach out to him. Uh, Lord, give him strength, encourage him, help him along day by day. You know, it's it's tough when you're going through these things where you're being affected physically. And it's always going to be difficult. But Lord, we pray that you'll now reach out and get grab Larry and just hold him and take care of him. Enrich him with your presence. Heal his body. Help him to rest comfortably. And Lord, give us the mindset to remember all of our brothers and sisters who need prayer. And it comes to mind to pray for our sister Donna as well too. Uh, She's scuffling with her health and scuffling with her issues of knowing what's going on. But Lord, I pray that you give her patience. I pray that you heal her as you comfort her and encourage her that there is indeed a season that we have to go through. And Lord, just help us to get through those types of seasons that we have. Bless us and keep us now, Lord, and we just give you thanks and give you all the praise for all that you're doing. And since I'm praying right now, Lord, let's pray for Ronnie, who's out in California right now, too, that you will also provide her with healing and comfort. Bless her and keep her now, Lord. Thank you and thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John 17. We're going to look at verses 1 through 10. And we thank you again for being here this morning. We know that it is uh, getting up in the morning and getting ready to go to Sunday school is pretty important. Um, We are going to maintain this schedule of being on air, online, in the church, doing Sunday school because it's that important. It means a lot. And here's an opportunity where we're going to see exactly what that means. So let's go ahead and look at John 17. I'm going to read through the passage, verses 1 through 10. Um, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Please follow along in your version. After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the one, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Verse 5. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I have revealed you to the ones You gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know everything that I have is a gift from you. For I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you. And they believe you sent me. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. That's John 17, verses 1 through 10. So, you'll notice in the first five verses of this passage, Jesus is praying for himself. He's praying for himself. The last five verses here, he's praying for his disciples, the ones that he passed the message on to. And of course, as we get further into John 17, we'll see that he'll be praying for other things as well. But we're covering these today. And when we say, going back to verse 1, after saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. After saying all of what things? Well, it's essentially all of the dialogue in John chapter 13 through John chapter 16. That's what he's referring to. He's referring to everything that he was saying prior to this, where he was giving instruction to the disciples. The disciples were finally realizing, if you recall last week, we, they realized where Jesus, who Jesus was and where he came from. You're no longer speaking in riddles. You're no longer speaking in parables. You're speaking the truth. You're speaking directly to us. And we have complete understanding as the disciples speaking there too. So that's been established and we recognize that too. Here's what I was getting at earlier about the importance of prayer. If Jesus himself is taking the time for an entire chapter of scripture to pray to the Father, how important do you think prayer is for us? I mean, if someone were to say... To me, you know, I don't really know much about prayer. Well, you know, you need to learn. You'll need to sit down and figure out what this is. Prayer, what prayer is all about. Understand something. Prayer when we're speaking in the terms of what we're looking at here in scripture, prayer is essentially our our petitions, the, the requests we make directly to God. But you know what? You can pray to yourself. You can pray about those things that have nothing to do with God. But it's not really prayer. It's more of a selfish desire that's being expressed. But Jesus is showing us the importance of prayer. And I went through all of this and I'm going to keep going through this. The Lord has laid it on my heart personally that our church needs to be involved in a prayer ministry within the church and I mean dedicated people to sit quietly and pray when we don't pray in church we we have that prayer ministry involved and actively seeking the Lord and praying the one thing that we recognize as a church when we, you know this is true for just about every church that I know including the Alliance um, in our central district a lot of our churches are getting older and people are getting older and they can't do the things they used to do we can't you know, lift tables over our heads and set things up and do things the way we used to because we, we just don't have the physicality to do it. But the one thing that we can do as a church that's effective is prayer. If a church is not praying, I'm going to make a very harsh statement. If a church is not praying, the Lord will have no dealings with you. The Lord won't use you. Why would the Lord use a, a person or a prayer, a church who's not praying? And you have to understand that there are churches that go out of business every day. For different reasons. But it would be tragic if a church just stopped functioning because they stopped praying. And for us older citizens, that is the greatest danger in a church. When the people who, you can't do anything really other than just pray. We don't expect you to be moving chairs, cooking meals, doing stuff like that. But you've got to keep praying. Jesus is setting the example for us by what he's praying for, who he's praying for. And we'll look at this verse after verse and just come to some conclusions here that Without prayer, a church dies. Without prayer, a church dies. And there have been churches that die because prayer is absent. I think I mentioned last week the greatest danger for people who are getting older is mailing it in and deciding well, I've done everything I can do. There's nothing else left for me to do. I can't do all these other things in the church. But that doesn't mean you stop praying. Prayer is critical. Notice the word critical. It's necessary. It is absolutely necessary. Jesus is teaching us In this passage, how necessary prayer is. Why is it necessary? Go back to verse 1 again. After saying all these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so He can give glory back to you. What hour has come? The hour when He goes to the cross. And why is prayer important? Are we not in the most um, uh, incredible battleground In this world today. What are we dealing with. In the outside world today. If we're not praying. We're going to get run over. And you have to be in prayer. Because of the world we live in today. You're in a battleground. The world that we live in is a battleground. We are under. We're in Satan's domain. We're facing and dealing with the power of Satan coming against the power of God. You can put window dressing on it and say it's politics, it's this, it's that, it's the, the LGBTQ movement, whatever it is. It, at the end of the day, it's the power of Satan against the power of God. Now, we already know that Satan is allowed to do things but he's not more powerful than God. But if you're not praying, you're leveling the playing field for Satan. Amen? You're leveling the playing field for Satan. You have to be in prayer. The world is going to challenge you every day about what you believe and where you stand. And you're going to either say, you know what, I quit, I give, or you're going to stand firm in the faith because you have confidence in what Jesus Christ is doing. It doesn't mean that everything is going to come up roses because everything doesn't come up roses. But we have to use the weapon that we have, the Word of God, through prayer, to be able to function in such a manner where we live in confidence that we have security of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And that's what's most important. Jesus is praying because there are forces that He has been dealing with the entire time while He's there. The forces of the opposition. The forces of Satan. The Pharisees who chose to deny Jesus. Well, they're not for, they're not for God. There for Satan. You're either in one camp or the other. Amen? You can't say you're neutral. That's not going to cut it. If you're neutral, then you're in the camp of Satan. You're ineffective in the body. You're not fighting the good fight. You have to have the approach that you're either for the Lord or ultimately you're against Him. Jesus is praying for Himself not because He is asking for any forgiveness. He is without sin. That's not why He's praying for Himself. He is praying because He's communicating with the Lord about His present position, where He is. And what is He saying here? Glorify your Son so He can give, your glory, give glory back to you. You have to understand something. When Jesus was being obedient to the Father and came to earth in the flesh, He shed off some of His glory. And those things that He has. He was a fully man, fully a man, as well as being fully God. But He was shedding off those things so He could perform in such a manner and be the perfect sacrifice for us. Look what it says in verse 2. For you have given him authority over everyone. Underline or highlight that word authority. You've given him authority. He's speaking in the third person. He's talking about himself. (laughs) But we understand he's talking about the authority he has. This authority, because of what he's doing on the cross, gives him the ability to do what? put in place the ultimate ability for a person just by believing in Jesus that they'll have eternal life. He has the authority to determine who receives eternal life or not and it's those who believe in Him. That's, a, that's an important authority. You have to remember in the Old Testament we were being taught through the Word that the priest would go into the, the temple And make it a sacrifice once a year for the forgiveness of the people. But of course we knew that that was just a way to prepare what Jesus did on the cross for us by being a sacrifice for us because ultimately it was God's mercy that forgives our sin. He's merciful. And he's showing us this mercy day after day that we need his forgiveness for our sin. I have an interesting project ahead of me. Somebody went online and read one of my my papers about sanctification that I wrote in twenty fifteen for the school. I, I had it posted online on my on my website. And so he has all kinds of questions. He wanted to ask questions about If sanctification really is necessary or if it's something that's progressive over time, then why can't we as human beings stop sinning? Well, that's going to take a minute for me to go through that and answer those questions. But at the end of the day, we have grace through God's forgiveness because we're going to keep on sinning even as we are being sanctified. We haven't reached perfection. When we get to the point where we're with Jesus, that's when we'll be made perfect. But until that time, we need forgiveness. We need Jesus to be our covering. He is the one who is our intercessor, He is the one who has the authority. He gives eternal life to each one you have given Him. You see what that says? It's the Gospel. He gives eternal life to each one you have given Him. In other words, God had to be the one to pave the way for Jesus to have this authority. If we read in John 3.16 that God loved the world so much He gave His only Son, if we believe in Him, we'll have eternal life. And remember that Jesus came to earth not to condemn us, but to save us. Look at verse 3. And this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. Now, he's saying to know both because if you know Jesus, like he said to the disciples, you've seen the Father. He and the Father are one. He is the great I Am. He is the one that we're referring to. And that's why we need to understand Jesus is the key for us to knowing and seeing the Father. He was the physical representation of the Father. Those disciples could see Him face to face. We get eternal life very clearly by knowing God the Father Himself through His Son, Jesus Christ. And we probably need to elaborate on the word no, but understand the authority that Jesus has. If you know that Jesus is the Son of God, you know that He has the authority, based upon what He says right here in Scripture, to pave the way for eternal life and the forgiveness of our sins by believing in Him if you don't understand that authority, that is a stumbling block. Because a lot of people know who Jesus is. And they know of Jesus. And have even spoken very highly of who Jesus is as a prophet. But unless you come to the conclusion that Jesus died on the cross for you, and I mean you, and I mean me, I mean you individually, then we need to make sure to clarify and understand what authority He has. He has the ultimate authority. And God gave Him that authority. When we admit our sin, when we turn from our sin, when we recognize that we need a Savior, we need Jesus, that's when we have eternal life, when we believe that Jesus went to the cross for us. And we are very thankful that Christ's love, His love for us, lives in us because we now have something that those disciples didn't have at that time, the indwelling Holy Spirit. The Spirit gives us the ability to reason and understand this wonderful, magnificent goodness of God. The goodness of God. The Spirit has to teach us And perhaps that will be part of the answer I give to this gentleman who wrote to me. It's this ongoing goodness as we learn about Christ. The Spirit has to teach us about who Jesus is. We don't have complete knowledge of who Jesus is when we become believers. We're still learning and growing. And we're going to still learn and grow until we leave this earth. There's room for growth. Let's go to verse 4. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now that work is still continuing as he says this, but he is going to complete the work. He is going to share up until the point where he literally goes to the cross, and that's what he's doing. He's praying now, but he is actually going to complete the work. He is bringing glory to who? God. God is being glorified. He's praying directly to God. So that's what we want to see here. And look at it says in verse 5. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. That's why, that's why I said earlier that He shed His glory to come to earth to be a man... To go to the cross. And he is now saying. Bring me back to where we were before. Bring me back into the glory. Before Jesus came. Where was he? He was with God. And so now he is asking. His father to restore him. To his original place of honor. And authority. And. And. We know, turn to Acts chapter 7. Didn't plan to go here, but let's do it because we need to see. Acts chapter 7. We need to see that indeed he was restored to his position. We know that from the words of Stephen. In Acts chapter 7, you'll remember that Stephen had a really nice long sermon. Oh, I'm sorry. Go to verse 56. I know my my bride is saying, where are we going? Acts chapter 7 is a lot of verses there. Uh, Acts chapter 7, verse 56. <laughs> and in fact, Acts chapter 7 is a great read. It's, Stephen, it's Stephen's sermon. And he's basically going through the entire timeline of everything that's taking place when it comes to the Israelites, us as human beings, how we obeyed God, and then we disobeyed God in a whole nine yards, right? But at the end of the day, as he was about, it says, look, in verse 56, he said, Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. That's exactly where Jesus was. He was restored to his exalted position at the right hand of God. And so when he makes this prayer here, In John chapter 17, verse 5, he's telling you, saying he's looking forward, frankly, to that place where he is restored. And remember something that's really important too. When we talk about Jesus being fully human, as well as being God, you're going to see some of the emotional responses as he gets closer and closer to going to the cross. The anguish fully human. No one wants to be nailed to a cross, everybody. He knew how he was going to die. And that's why it's better that we don't know. (laughs) Because we would just be all turned upside down and right side and whatever it is. He did know. But he also understood that the most important thing for him, regardless of what he was going through, was that He was obedient to the Father. He did it according to the Father's will. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Let's move it along here. Verse 6. I have revealed to you to the ones you gave me from this world. They were always yours. You gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know everything I have is a gift from you, for I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you and they believe you sent me. Who is he praying to about? The disciples. These were the people who were chosen ahead of time. These are the people that God had chosen of the twelve. Now we also know, without getting into a whole lot of detail, of course Judas Iscariot was in there too. But Judas Iscariot was chosen also for a purpose. Do you realize that? He was chosen for a purpose. He had to be the one who betrayed Jesus. He had to be the one who ultimately was the one who had an opportunity to turn things around. But when we look at Scripture and He says Jesus knows the hearts of every person, of course He knew that He had chosen someone who was going to betray Him. But what was the purpose? The purpose ultimately, because the ultimate mission that Jesus Christ had was to go to the cross. That was his purpose. His purpose in going to the cross was to do what? Give us the opportunity to experience eternal life. This was a new teaching. This was a new covenant that was going to take effect. No longer the need for a temple and blood sacrifices or giving of spices or whatever it is. No longer will that be necessary. Although interestingly, if you, you know, look at Revelation and go into the book of Revelation, some of the future dealings with the temple, will be actually blood and animal sacrifices again. What that typically means is that there's a denial that Jesus Christ had fulfilled what He was going to do. He, they're going to do it their way. But let's not get off track. Let's focus on this particular study. Understanding that the twelve disciples that He's praying for He's basically saying that they've been revealed and now they know because they're going to pass on the message. They're going to carry on the message. They're going to take the message, as it says, to the the ends of the earth through the church. And some of those individuals, in fact, will be writing about their experiences which they did in Scripture. They know everything that I have, that's verse 7, is a gift from you, for I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you and they believe you sent me. How many of you believe that Jesus, the message of God is a gift? It absolutely is a gift. There's nothing that we can do to earn this gift. There's nothing that we can do to work harder to achieve this gift. A gift is a gift. We play, you know, for birthdays, you know, somebody gets you a gift for your birthday and you feel almost obligated to reciprocate and give them a gift. Well, is that really giving a gift? A gift is giving something that you don't expect anything in return. Because what can you give to God other than yourself? The one that he loves. That's the gift. That's the way you, if you want to call it reciprocation, that's fine, but that's not what it is. It's ultimately understanding how wonderful this gift is that God has given you, that you'll do anything for him. And some of us as believers have to get to that point where we understand what that really means. You'll do anything for him. You'll die for him because of what he's done for you. Because he died for you. That's what he did for us. So we need to see that and understand what this gift truly represents. And, you know, this prayer that Jesus is making, we can't make the same prayer because Jesus, you know, he taught us how to pray on the Sermon of the Mount. You know, when we look in, uh, back in Matthew and we look at the Sermon on the Mount, he taught us how to pray. He taught us about what? Forgive us of our sins. Well, Jesus is not praying this way because he is sinless. This is his own prayer that he's making. And let's look at verse 9 and verse 10. My prayer is not for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you and you have given them to me so they bring me glory. Yes, Jesus has to be ultimately restored after he goes to the cross, dies, is resurrected, ascends to heaven where God is restores him to authority, but he's saying that the very act that he's doing, it brings him glory as well too. If God is being glorified, Jesus is being glorified. So we don't want to overthink it. God's glory is the revelation of his character and his presence. the lives of Jesus' disciples reveal His character. And boy, when they go out into the world after the Spirit comes upon them, they are going to be forces as they move about in spreading the truth about Jesus and establishing the church. Question for you. Does your life... Reveal Jesus' character and presence. Every believer should have a presence. Every believer should have a character when we go forth, not just around us church folks, amen, but in secret and also in public outside of church. Having a character and a presence of Jesus in your life. And that's why it's important for us to be in prayer. Because if we want to truly represent Jesus Christ, we need to be in fellowship with Him through prayer. Which means what? We've got to give up our sin. Acknowledge our sin. Repent and turn from our sin. That way we can have fellowship with Him. He forgives us like the snap of a finger when we acknowledge our sin. You're forgiven. And that's how you can be most effective in fellowship with Him in prayer. Because we have to also recognize, Lord, I've fallen short. You have to recognize that anyway if you want to have acknowledgement of Jesus Christ as Savior. You're acknowledging you need a Savior. But we only need to go through that salvation thing once. But we still need to make sure that we're praying for repentance Praying that we really do follow the example of the prayer on the Sermon of the Mount. You're acknowledging who the God is by that prayer. Jesus said in John chapter 20, verse 17, when he was speaking to uh, the people after he spoke to Mary, "I ascend unto my Father and your Father and to my God and your God." He's taking his position as part of the Godhead. He is, the, he is part of the Godhead. But now he's ascending in glory because he's accomplished what he set out to do. Your relationship with Jesus Christ needs to be one with complete understanding of who he is. Complete understanding of what he has done for you the sacrifice that He made for you. Always remember that how, import, how important it is for us in following the example of Jesus Christ to pray. Stay in prayer. Our church depends on it. Your life depends on it. Prayer is necessary. Follow His example follow his teaching right here. Pray for one another. Pray for our church. Pray for our pastor. And remember those individuals we prayed for earlier. If you can't do nothing else, you can pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your presence this morning we thank you for the example that you give to us in Scripture of your goodness and showing us how important prayer truly is you showed us in Scripture that you've prayed several times not just once but several times that are recorded because Lord we recognize that there is an authority that we have to go to who loves us, who knows us, who cares about us But Lord, if we don't petition, if we don't ask, if we don't do, what will we receive? You tell us in Your Word to ask, to seek, to knock. Lord, give us the heart's desire to ask, to seek, and to knock. And You reveal things to us as we come to You. Thank You, Lord, for that teaching and understanding. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for how you answer prayers too. Lord, we wouldn't have faith sometimes because faith is a gift from you. But thank you for showing us how you answer prayer as well too. Bless us, Lord, and keep us. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We appreciate you being here for another edition of a live stream Sunday school for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. Uh, for more information about our church, go to akronalliance.org. If you're interested in being involved in our Zoom Bible study today, please make sure you send us an email. We'll send you an invite. And we appreciate you being here. God bless you. Take care of yourselves. And we'll see you next time.